Anyone who has ever experienced a mental health challenge knows all too well just how dark and how lonely a journey that can be. But you know, just like any journey, the road can get you to a better place. And yes, along the way, inevitably, you will hit the occasional bump in the road. Hi, I'm John Milkey, the Milkman, and welcome to Bumps in the Road, a podcast I'm doing from inside a 28-foot RV that was gifted to me by my social media followers and my radio audience each of whom believed in this project from day one. So, I'm traveling to community events and live and location broadcasts across Canada, and soon, the USA. So keep listening for details on where we're headed next. And if we're coming your way, I'd love to invite you into the BTRV for mental health so we can hear about your journey and how you're still going strong, even after hitting a few of those bumps in the road. So come on in. Let's have a conversation. Lisa is a shamanic healing practitioner at Kingston's Integrated Healthcare, and when she found out about the BTRV for mental health, she immediately invited us to be part of their open house. Of course, we open the door in the BTRV to mental health to anyone who wants to share their journey. Well, as it turns out, Lisa herself has quite the story. See, working in healthcare was never something she planned. She had a whole other career underway, wildly successful. But then she hit the wall and had to ask herself, now what? She went from being a classic type A personality to, I guess you would say, type Zen. Lisa, first off, thank you for the invitation so that we can be in Kingston today with the BTRV for Mental Health. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated to have this conversation with you because you are a shamanic and Reiki practitioner. Yeah. Uh, so you deal on the other side. You're helping people who deal with a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, depression issues, PTSD issues. You help find ways for them to to live a more comfortable existence, etc. But yes. you've been telling me now for a couple of weeks since I first met you that you've got your own story to tell. I do. Yeah. It's what brought me to this. Okay. Um, I used to be, you know, very type A, go, 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 drive, 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 get everything. And in, in many ways, I still am, but a very much more balanced version of that, I would say. Um, I was in um, producing television, and then I went into real estate, and I built two, two real estate corporations fairly quickly at a very young age. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, just that, that level of drive. And I thought that I had achieved everything that I ever wanted. Like I, I wanted to retire on passive income by a certain age. I did, I beat that goal by several years and all of these things. And I got there and I was like miserable. I had everything that I thought I ever wanted and I was miserable. And not only that, but like I, everything looked like it was going really well in my business. Where did the misery come from? Was it this now what kind of moment for you? Like, are you, because you're a type A, you just, you can't sit still. Cause I, I get that. Yeah. I'm a type A and people say, you know, oh, you know, like I'm 54 now. And they're like, you know, like, what do you think about retirement? I'm like, retirement? <laughs> what the hell am I going to do in retirement? Golf? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, uh, there was no end. That's the thing, is that I drove myself into, you know, some of us are really good at 
like putting the pedal to the metal and driving through heavy stress. Yep. And like we excel in those places. But if you continue, that is not sustainable. And if, inevitably something like the wheels fall off and the wheels fell off for me. And I recognized the very moment they fell off because I was in the hospital dying and I was like, what is happening? I thought everything was going so well. What led you to the hospital? Um, so there were a series of things that were kind of notable in my health that had deteriorated because of high levels of stress. Okay. And I ignored them. And, uh, and I ignored them to a point where I ended up in the hospital where my immune system completely crashed and all kinds of issues just kind of came all at once, like autoimmune, Lyme disease, like all of just, just like a whole, you're, you're <laughs> everything. You know what? You're, you're taking me back. I'm, I, I'm so, I'm, I'm so into this conversation because you're taking me back now as I think about it to, um, I had the worst back pains. For the mm. longest time, and I just I just chalked it up to you know I'm getting heavy, um, you know I have a sedentary lifestyle. Um, I should be moving more. I'm not eating right. Blah 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 blah. You know, and every now and then I you know my father in law would give me a robaxis set. My wife would rub my back, whatever else, and we just chalked it up to being lower back pain. We ignored it. One day I'm driving to work, and it's like something's really wrong here. Mm. And I called my boss from the road and I said, I, I, I can't make it to work. I said, I can see a hospital. I got to get to the hospital. I ended up there and the triage nurse took one look at me and I was so jaundiced. She grabbed me wow. without even taking my ID and said, we need to get you help. I was admitted on the spot. So it was a, a gallstone. Um, you know, which then affected my liver, which then affected my pancreas and on and on mm -hmm. and on it went. And I can't help but wonder, was a lot of that due to I'm just go, 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 go. No, no time to even stop and recognize that my body was trying to tell me something. Right. right. And we ignore it. So is that similar to your Very situation? Similar. Wow. Very similar. Okay. Yeah, and this is what happens, right? This is how we end up seeing all of this chronic illness and and is that just we we ignore these things. Gotta we play through that we, pain, right? Exactly. And then, you know, if we're looking at it energetically, which I do, if we're emotion is energy in motion. If it is mm. shoved down and we keep shoving it down, it will cycle in the body and it'll cycle and it'll cycle and it will start to cause all kinds of havoc on the body. And this is a huge issue because we are taught to shove our emotions down. Right. You know, like emotions, we don't have emotions and then carry on, especially if you're type A. There's no time for that. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. I don't have time for this. Uh -huh. And it, it's a huge problem. It just becomes this snowball and it affects our body tremendously to have that. There, we have a threshold for that. We can't just keep doing that. That comes to a point where the dam breaks and everything just comes pouring out because we're not meant to do that. It's supposed to keep moving, right? And, and we, we shove it down and it just causes so much problems with our body, our mind, you know, and, and so connecting with that is such an important thing. It affects our health in every possible way. So there you are in the hospital <laughs> yeah. dealing with the situation. Um, obviously, you have success. 
mm-hmm. you, you know, you've got yourself to a place where, you know, financially, I'm assuming you were satisfied and, and good and okay. When did you recognize that something needed to change and that it wasn't about the money? It wasn't about building these things and, and all of that, that, that you needed to find a different path for yourself. Yeah, that was it. That was that moment where I was like, really? oh man, I've, you know, I took a wrong turn somewhere. This is, this can't be right. You know, and I, ha- I, I admire that because I just I went right back to it. <laughs> I, I couldn't. You know what's really genius about that? And if I were to try to teach myself that to learn that, this is probably the only way I could have learned because I was so stubborn. I was sick in bed for over a year. Oof. I needed help up and down the stairs. I couldn't drive. I'd get lost with confusion in my in my house. So of course, this also created That's stress depression, anxiety, because it was scary. And um, and I didn't know how long I would be like that or what my life, you know, it was just, and laying there, I couldn't escape myself. There was no books, there was no music, there were no screens. And all that time that I spent trying to escape myself, you know, type A, filling everything with work, doing all that stuff, I was now like, there's no escape. It's just me and me. And I had to work through everything I ever avoided in me. Everything I felt, everything I thought, I had to work through fears. I had, and then that was, that was just like, okay, you know, there has to be something other than these achievements and work to life. Working through these things. Were you by yourself working on these things? Like, did you have, please tell me you had somebody around championing you, holding your hand through this, reminding you of your worth and your value. And um, I had, you know, I had some people around for sure, but I was alone a lot because when you're mm. that unwell, like people aren't it's just going to sit next to you for 24 hours a day you know and your depression own house turns and- you into an asshole it does <laughs> it, you, you you end up pushing people away you don't want to in my depression all i wanted was for people to come to my side hmm. but outwardly i was doing everything possible to hmm. make that the most uncomfortable place for anybody to be yeah yeah and and um you know it it's challenging i think that um one, it was important for me to be able to uh, experience that. But then two, I I started to get the the help that I needed, kind of with the 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 medical side of things with my body and what was going on with it through naturopathic medicine, which was new to me at that time. I was unfamiliar with it. How did you find it? Um, I exhausted every other avenue, you know. That's how I found it. Uh, and when I I started reading articles and trying to, um, well, actually, I couldn't read at that time. But somebody told me about an article that they read. And then eventually I was reading articles. But at that you time. You could I, read. You just weren't in a good enough state of mind to. I wasn't well enough. Right. I was very ill in, in every way, like physically, mentally, yep. emotionally. Yep. Um, and I would say spiritually, too. Like I had just kind of lost I was like, what is the point of this? This is horrible. It's torture. Like how, how, you know, it, it, it was like, 
everything that I ever tried to avoid all at once in one time. And um, so I started getting my body better through naturopathic medicine and then recognizing that there's there were deeper things at play, you know, in terms of um, what what drives me and, you know, what's fulfilling? What is the point of anything that I do? Like I wasn't, you know, I started asking myself these questions because, you know, I was in a place where like, where do I go from here? And uh, I thought I knew what was important. And now I'm like, that isn't what's important <laughs> to me now. I hear this often in the conversations <laughs> and it, it's one of those things you almost become grateful for this depression, et cetera, that strikes you because you are forced yeah. to have to have that introspection. And to really look at everything that you valued and everything you thought was going to be there, everything you were working towards, you know, and, and I remember my moment. It, I, I admitted myself to the hospital on a security watch. I had a bad panic attack and I was suicidal. Mm. And like if I was if I was left alone for another day, all bets were off. And I remember the conversation I had with the on-call psychiatrist. Couldn't tell you his name. But we we talked once on the first night I was there, and you know he mentioned you know some something about some sort of therapy, et cetera. I said, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, whenever I talk about my mental health on my radio show, that comes up. The next day, I know exactly what you're talking about. And he said, "Are you for real right now? Mm-hmm. That's the second time you've turned the table on this conversation and made it about you. And your radio show. He <laughs> says, do you bullshit your therapist like this? He said, you're not going to do that with me. Hmm. He said, it is time to let go of radio. And of course, my earliest memories, Lisa, I was going to be on the radio. I called every shot along the way. I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to go to this college. I'm going to graduate from there. I'm going to work here. I did every single one of them. I was successful. And suddenly he said to me, and, and this, this changed my life. We're going to take radio away from John. Now, who's John? Wow. Lisa, I'd never, I'd never had to even think about that. Amazing. The answer will be the title of my book, by the way. <laughs> it took me about three and a half years to get to it. Incredible. You, and the answer is you can't. But I needed to start back at square one. And, and, and really, what I came to was, it's not about the radio. It's what radio allows me to do and, and how, what kind of fulfillment I get out of this. This venture that I'm on right now, this RV, these conversations, these aren't happening in conventional radio. It was this kind of one-on-one, this kind of information, this kind of change that that would happen through the spoken word. That's what intrigued me about radio. That's what went missing. And when I discovered that, I kind of went, okay, so it's not that I need to be back on the radio. I need to rebuild how I'm going about this. I don't need the radio anymore to do it. Ah, okay. So now I'm at peace with myself, but now I'm rebuilding in this whole new world of streaming and, you know, video and podcast, etc. Okay, what does that look like? I don't know. I'm still, <laughs> you know, still kind of in. So there you are reassessing your life because you, you, you know, real estate mogul, etc. What, what, what was the, the moment where the light went on for you? 
where, where well you know you, you obviously decided to make a change yeah I um, I started I think I started with doing yoga so my naturopathic oh, okay. doctor was like listen you need to move your body Yep. We, we need you to move your body. You need to get your lymphatic system, doing all that movement, laying in bed unwell is not helping, but you're still unwell and there's not a lot you can do. So do some gentle My yoga. My own doctor said exactly that. Yeah. The key to depression is we need to get the patient active again. Moving. Okay. Yeah. And so I don't think she had in mind me doing a yoga teacher training. <laughs> Which <laughs> There's is the type A personality. Right. It was still okay, there. Okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to run the damn thing. <laughs> Which is what I did. I did that. <laughs> That's awesome. And that really helped me connect this integrated, um, starting to integrate this, how important the physical body is is to our mental and emotional health. And then there was also this really important spiritual aspect to yoga. And then from there, I, I, I started um, seeing an Algonquin medicine man and also learning and uh, about how energy moves through the body in that way. And also how, um, how we can start to understand what spirituality actually is. And- Oh, wow. And- it's really deep levels with my meditation and yoga and learning these teachings and recognize that we are holistically, our well-being depends on our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health to be actually well. And when I say spiritual health, I just mean, you know, recognizing the sacredness of life. Okay. So it's not a religious thing. At all. No. Okay. It's, it's not at all, you know, of course, there's spirituality in religion. Of course. But, you know, those, that, those are a set of things that people follow. But in terms of spirituality, it's just recognizing that we're, you know, we're learning something, we're growing, we're evolving, and there's a sacredness to that in our life. And that's where fulfillment comes from, right? That level, that level of, of, of and way of being. And so to each their own in that world in terms of beliefs, but it is an important part of living well is having that peace. Prior to this, did you consider yourself to be a spiritual person? I would say no. Religious at all? Nope. What a discovery for you that must be. It was huge. It was huge because I... I, I didn't really fully understand that aspect. I'll tell you, though, I had my most biggest spiritual moments in my life every time I was in nature. And, I, and still I, do. I get it. And this is a huge thing because as a kid, I would play in the forest a lot. Yeah. And I would go foraging and I'd learn about the animals and, and the plants and... Um, and I got away from that when I went into business really far from nature. And nature brought me back to this wellness and understanding of spirituality. To me, it's just remembering that everything is so interconnected. And we see that in nature. We see how interconnected everything is and how and it reminds me of how interconnected we all are. And everything everything in nature depends on something else in nature, doesn't yes. it? Yes. It's it's a beautiful interconnection. Yeah, and yeah. and it's from the all, sun to the rain to the food chain to, you know, all of it. 
And and every single thing to every plant, to every blade of grass, to every animal and insect, even stone, has a really important purpose. That's they're doing something there. Yeah. And that was a huge for me, that is ultimately very that's a spiritual way of of recognizing that there's purpose in everything. And then and then turning that gaze on myself and recognizing that that is also true for us, that we all have a purpose for being here, that we're all here learning our own individual things and growing in individual ways. We get into, you know, we both live in cities, right? And sure, there's greenery around us, etc. You happen to be in a beautiful city that's right by, you know, a huge body of water. You know, in Ottawa, where I'm from, we've got a number of rivers and a canal, but it's really, you know, it's concrete and glass everywhere we look. Mm. And and when I get to New Brunswick, which is where my in-laws are, and I can just sit by that Bay of Fundy and just listen to waves and just feel sand, and I'm not surrounded by all of that, it's almost instantaneous. Yes. What What does, and for me, it's water. I'm just, I'm so calm around water. What does water mean to you? Water, so, you know, it's interesting because when we think of if even if somebody's not familiar with energy and energy work, when we think of the energy of a city and then we think of the energy of the forest or nature, everyone recognizes that there is a huge difference. Absolutely there there is. Right. And this is this is the kind of we're meant to be in the energy of nature and the energy of the city is this overwhelming loud kind of and it is hard on the nervous system i'm tired of i'm done it's I, really I, I just, hard on i the really i'm system. really taking a hard look at my situation like why am i here i could you know other than it creates opportunity for me to there's more people to talk to right there's more opportunities in that area. but on every other level it's like I can do what I do from anywhere. Why am I doing it here? Why do I keep doing this to myself? That's kind of where I'm at right now. Hmm. And then water, it water has this, you know, kind of flow to it. And we often equate wa- water, the energy of water to emotion. Okay. In when we're working doing energy work, the elements all have their their respective kind of um forte, let's say. And water is often equated with emotion. But water is also this incredible substance that is required for all life. Yeah. It's it's just it holds this power and wisdom and we are mostly made of water. Right. Right? And so we are affected by the pull of the moon because it pulls tides and we are mostly water, right? And when we cry, water comes out of our eyes. Like this is the such a um, kind of wonderful, amazing thing that water is. And when we're in and around large bodies of water, we can't help but be in awe. You know, a few minutes ago, prior to hitting the record button on this, uh, I was I was speaking with one of your coworkers, and uh, we were taking some selfies. And I said, trust me, I'm also a professional photographer. And you kind of giggled. You know, no, you're not. I actually am. <laughs> I actually am. And, I'm, uh, you know, what I'm really appreciating from this conversation, because you are a professional in this and you've studied this and I respect the heck out of it. Um, 
maybe the purpose of this conversation, I don't know, is that it's it's I need to get back to the nature that I fell in love with because above all, what I really enjoyed was just capturing a sunset, mm. going for a walk along the water. Um, what birds are out there today? What is that bird? Um, you know, I mean, this is very simplistic stuff, but you know, like you could take you could take a tulip, you know, and, and photograph it a hundred different ways. You know, there's no end to its magnificence and the way the light hits it and the way the water hits it and the wind, you know, and so on and so forth. You know, when you think of you take that same tulip and have a hundred different people with cameras take a picture, you literally have a hundred different perspectives of this one simple little thing in nature that I've, you know, gotten so busy and I've gotten away from. And it really is a grounding, healthy yes. thing. Yes. And, and, and we say that. We say, oh, that tulip is simple or there's a tree and they have these names. But when we take away their names, right, or like we're the same way, we take away radio, we take away their names. You can't, Lisa. What are they really? <laughs> though john i hear you you know if we look at them beyond their name that simplifies them and we just look at them for what they are how incredibly amazing their design is yeah how incredibly functional they are how intelligently designed they are what they're doing in the ecosystem and and just even on on the the eye level like how incredibly beautiful they are to even observe and then this brings us back to a really deep place within us where we start to feel connected to things, where we feel grounded, where we feel calm. And it's something our nervous system requires, but it's also something that our spirit requires is that. What is it about us as humans? Because other things in nature remain in nature. Mm -hmm. We as humans somehow came equipped with an on-off switch, which is so wrong because we, we, we do. We have this ability to turn that off and and it, it, it diminishes our lifestyle. It shortens our lifespan. Hmm. It creates, as you said, a whole pile of problems for us. It's an interesting thing. I think that it's also part of our foray into our own personal evolution is that when we when we look at what life is like for humans, we always see so much polarity, you know, way far to one side or way far to the other side. And, you know, so it, maybe we're talking about like deep inner city to complete wilderness, like everything, you know, but between black and white colors and, 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 um, and I mean that in, you know, how we look at things, that can be so polarity polarizing love mm. hate all of these things that are that are that way it's the world around us right it's politics shoved yes. down our throats at every you know and 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 it, you know the all the conversations about drag queens and transgender and this you know and it's just it's just hate 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 it's the social media world around us right like it's just and it's everywhere and we keep going back for more of it and doing this to ourselves and then we find that what can happen is that it will drive us in the other direction. And so what can happen is when, for example, 
um, with polarity that we're always trying to find this middle way. The middle way, you know, not from one extreme to the other or on one side or the other, but finding this harmonious middle way. And and how do we how do we do that? Well, we also find that sometimes when take for example the pandemic, people were already starting to kind of like close into themselves and be less yeah. social. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened and everyone was like forcibly away from everyone. And all of a sudden when when those parameters were lifted, people people recognized how much they actually needed other people. Even like people who like to be alone a lot, yep. which I am one of those people. Yep. I, I spend a considerable amount of time um, by myself to be prepared for extrovert, <laughs> extroverted activities, right? That's, that's got to be very different for the type A personality <laughs> you described from the very beginning yeah. of this conversation. Yes, I definitely type A, but then I, I need specific recharge time. I need quiet You've recharge really disciplined time. yourself, haven't you? I spent a good chunk of my time in my life doing martial arts, which really helped uh-huh. with discipline uh-huh. a lot. Uh, it, yes, discipline is a is you know. Um, <laughs> why do you say that? <laughs> what part of what I just said was obvious <laughs> in that? <laughs> no, just that, that you know, because a Type A personality is exactly that, right? We're we're on the go, 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 and and we got to be busy all the time and seeing people and going places and doing things and building this. Da, da, da. And and for you to now say, I spend an awful lot of time alone, mm-hmm. and I like it. Yes, and I do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. That is obvious to me that you have learned a behavior you have learned <laughs> to train yourself to turn that type a personality volume down mm. and accept that there's something to be gained for lisa in those quiet introspective moments reading yeah. meditating whatever it is you do that is fulfilling you yes that you that, that you weren't getting from Pushing yourself to, you know, these these insane limits for financial gain and, you know, resumes and, you know, stars on LinkedIn or what does LinkedIn even get? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that's why I say that, because I, I recognize just in, 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 in you describing yourself as type A to that comment there about, no, I spent a lot of time alone. Mm-hmm. And, yes. w- and, and when I met you for the first time. And, and for the listener, I met Lisa, um, her mom, and I have a, a casual friendship. I met her a couple of times, and I happened to be in Kingston dropping my niece off a few weeks ago. And she said, well, if you're going to be in town, can I buy you lunch? And so we sat and just had a great conversation. And she's very proud of the condo that she lives in with her daughter. And she wanted to show it off. We, you know, So I dropped by because it was right. In fact, I parked in the garage. And you happened to be there. And I met you. And I, just, and I walked away going... That person is just so calm. <laughs> and no, it, it was it was very palatable. Mm. There was a calmness and and I appreciated it and and I really responded to it. Um, so I was anxious to have this conversation and find out who is this person and that that is something you have taught yourself to do. Yes, I have. I have cultivated it for sure. Has that so what has that done for you as far as your ability to cope with depression, anxiety, all those things that affected you and landed you in the damn hospital? Yeah, it's actually really incredible because now, you know, working with energy and I, I work with the nervous system a lot. 
and what what has happened is that I'm I become very aware of how my nervous system is doing at any given time. And so when it starts to move out of rest, digest, repair and into fight, flight or freeze, mm-hmm. I recognize it immediately. And I take breaths and ground myself to get it back into that optimal space but then i also pay attention to what has set it off what is it that just triggered my nervous system into a red alert there's a lot of conversation going on in your brain when that happens then isn't there yes okay um yes and no so there's that conversation that happens but now it's just become very natural sure right um but in training that it has been a a lot of work that I've done to bring self-awareness, just being, becoming really aware of, okay, you know, I, I suddenly feel really upset by something. Maybe it's anger, maybe it's sadness, maybe, and I can feel it in my body. I can feel my nervous system aggravated in some way. And I will take the time to listen to myself. That's amazing. Very intentional. When in traditional therapy, when they talk about cognitive behavioral therapy, that's kind of what they're trying to teach us, isn't it? To become aware, to take the time and, 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 and like you said, digest this and dissect this and have these conversations with yourself. Why do I feel this way? Why am I allowing this to bother me? What are my options? You know, and, and it, it, every conversation I've had with, whether it's a counselor or a therapist or a business coach, and I'm sure you've experienced the same thing, and I'm curious to know if you do it, but journaling hmm. comes up. Getting it out of here in your head and just getting it onto paper. There's something about that that allows you to just deal with your shit. Yeah. What I used to do, and I still find this very useful, although I don't get as clogged up in my mind anymore, um, I have a much better balance between my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies. There's a good flow. Um, what I would all I would get really wrapped up in my head. So for us, energetically speaking, this is energy cycling in the mental body. And so we, we, we think in circles. It's like cycling and cycling. And I couldn't sleep because I'd be like, okay, I have to do this, 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 and this. And then I'm going to do this. And then, I, oh, man, I totally messed that up today. And it was like just mm-hmm. never-ending chatter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it was horrible. And I didn't know how to make it stop. And um, what I would do was just dump it on a page. I'd dump it on a page so that I could forget about it and try to sleep. And I found that very helpful. Um, part of that was um, just kind of finding some kind of peace in like, okay, I don't have to keep cycling it over and over again because it's there, it's on that page, and I can just let it go. And I actually never really needed to look at the page ever again. That's the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that bonkers? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I know it's there. And, and and for some reason, it just it satiates whatever it is that's going on in your mind. I'm curious now, as a shamanic healer, as as a Reiki practitioner, um, you're working with patients who come in, and you're know, like, I, I like I, I I said to you the first time and only time I've done Reiki, 
this person literally put their hand on me. It wasn't even like I hadn't booked a session or anything. They just literally put their hand on me as a friend would, you know, sitting at dinner kind of thing. And she just went, whoa, <laughs> whoa, you know, you, you need me. So when you're dealing with a client, a patient, do do, do call them patients, clients? clients. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and you're working with them. And of course there's, there's physical touch involved. Um, you know, there's an exchange of energies, etc. Do you take any of that stress on? Can you feel, can you actually feel that? Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting question. And actually when you're trained properly, what we do is we ground, um, very well, which is another reason why I seem so calm all the time is because I work in a really grounded space. You really do, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been sitting here quietly thinking, how do I even mention that? <laughs> you so, know, if you're listening to the audio part, podcast, you're, you know, well, there's no video portion to this, but there's something very amazing about being in Lisa's presence. <laughs> just in the way you, just the way your eyes shift when when I ask a question, there's there's this moment of introspection that I admire, where you really give it, you know, a, a question, some some serious thought, and you you're you're looking inward, like right, you just did it again. I, I can I can see it. You there's an inward. I admire. I just I, I love being in your presence. I'm learning so much. Thank you, John. No, it's really? it's 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 really remarkable. You know, and it's obvious that you've done a good amount of work to get there. So, yes, then you do ground yourself because you do, obviously, you know, when you're working with a client, you know, there's a stress ball coming in here. And I just, you know, I, I'm here to help this person, but I'm not here to take that on. Right. Yep. And so in that way, in, in proper training where we're, we're grounded and we work with um, energy in that way, we never actually take anything on. And it's not my energy that's working with them. It's um, the reason why we're grounded is because it's kind of um, universal energy. It's not my own. Okay. Um, it's, you know. How do you tap into that? Well, it's, it. there's training involved with that. Sure. Um, but I think that we're all just naturally tapped into that when we're grounded. Can I learn that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everyone. How do I learn that? <laughs> well, there's a lot of different ways to learn it. Um, you know, what is it that you're wanting to learn? Like how to tap into that energy? Just to not be as, as frantic mm. and disorganized and I don't want to say frightened, but it, it, yeah, frenetic is probably the right word, you know? And I just, I, I just, I admire this calmness about you and I'm very good at being alone. I'm very good in quiet moments but while I'm quiet physically, my brain just won't stop yelling at me. And it is constant. The idea that you can do what you do, person after person comes to see you uh, because they need, you know, your help in getting past this stressful life they're living and, and, and they just they need their mind calmed down so they can go ahead you know go home and, and just get a good night's sleep for a day or two that you go home at the end of your day and I bet you're just able to just that was my day yes it's done mm-hmm. home <laughs> yes. right or whatever <laughs> it, it is. is I don't want to be cliche I know but I do home <laughs> okay I do I, you know, this is the thing. How long a process is it for someone like me to learn some of that? Because I, I just, 
I can't keep doing this. And I know there's people listening to this right now who are saying the same thing. They just, it's every moment of every day. And enough is enough is enough. How do yeah. we find that inner peace? That's a beautiful question. And I say that we, we climb a mountain step by step. And I am a huge fan of just paying attention to each step. There is no mountain. It's just a step. It's just a step. Until eventually we've ended up somewhere we never thought we'd be. And, mm. and a, a very simple practice that I suggest to everyone is a grounding practice. Really starting your day with three deep breaths, letting each one out slowly, bringing your attention to the, your feet on the floor, noticing the feel of the floor under your feet, imagining roots growing down into the earth. We're intentionally grounding, intentionally centering, three deep breaths and, and that visualization and really noticing the contact of your feet on the floor. This can take 20 minutes. It can take 20 seconds. We can do it at any part of our day. And it makes a huge change. It makes a huge change if we just do that one small thing consistently every day. I love that. And thank you for that. You're welcome. When you're doing that, because I've had conversations with some, some really wonderful people, some very successful people, and people who I know have found you know, a very happy and peaceful life for themselves. Um, but like morning self-affirmations comes up a lot. So when you're grounding yourself, are you doing any self-affirmations as well? Does that work for you? Or are you talking about literally just experiencing the feel of my feet touching the floor and that whole experience? And Yes, just doing that. That's so amazing. I've not really heard that before. Mm-hmm. Why does that excite me so much, the idea of that? <laughs> because it's empowering to you. And I think that that's really important, that that power is in your hands, that it's your own, that it's always been yours. It's so simple. And yet, how long a process is it until you sort of... Because like, you know, like guided meditation, I can't meditate. I can't shut my brain off long enough. Guided meditation, if I find the right voice and the right music, etc. Okay, I can get into that. I just, I just know that if I wake up tomorrow and, and I'm going to take Lisa's advice and I'm going to just take a moment and I'm just going to slowly untense my body from the knot that it's in because I, I just, I, I don't sleep well at night. But okay. Today's a new beginning. I am going to take Lisa's advice and I'm going to put my feet on the floor and I'm just going to sit and allow myself to, what does that feel like? Yes. And, and let it trickle through my body. How many mornings in a row do you think the average person would need to do that before they just start realizing that, yeah, <laughs> th there's something to this. Because I don't want someone to hear this, try it and go, yeah, it didn't work for me and dismiss it. Right. I think small things consistently change our entire reality. And so some people will notice a change immediately. Okay. Other folks will notice a change over some time. Um, I don't, I think that it's different for each person. And there are many layers and levels to that very simple practice. 
very many layers and levels to it. It sounds very simple and it is, but it is, it affects us in so many different ways. And so I would just say to explore that and just notice what changes and notice what's different. I could talk to you, I think, probably for the entire rest of this week and into the weekend and beyond. Um, and I'm so appreciative of the invitation to come down and see you here in Kingston um, and learn a little bit about you. Uh, and of course, I've been to your Facebook, etc. You, you, you're quite the human being. You, you've done some fascinating things. If someone wants to connect with you and read more about who you are and what you offer, uh, and you've got writing out there as well, Yes. Where, what, where, where do they go? What's the, the center point for you? LisaSabatini.com. Just that simple, huh? That's right. Yeah, and on all my social media, I'm at LisaSabatini.Holistic. And we will put the link in this podcast, of course. It's called Bumps in the Road. But I can't end the podcast without asking you the same question I ask everybody. Considering all you've been through and the place you are now, what gives you hope? Oh, what a beautiful question. I would say each and every breath I take gives me hope. I inhale it. I exhale it. Again, an answer that is so unbelievably simplistic and yet not. <laughs> I'm so grateful for this. Thank you. Thank you. For more information on the BTRV for mental health, find us online at blasttheradio.com. Click on the events tab to find out where we'll be and when. We'd love to have a conversation with you about your bumps in the road. This is the Milkman, John Milky. Move for now.